Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jai Carr, and it is November 17, oh, 17, 17, um, and today we are going to talk about power. So this is the podcast, Women's Grace and Grit, and today's topic is where do you shy away from your power in life? So I'm going to read the um, small write-up and then go into it. In some spiritual traditions in the East, women are considered ten times more powerful than men, and yet women often shy away from their power in some part of their life. They may be powerful in their professional roles, but feel powerless to make things better in an unhappy, intimate relationship, or feel confident and effective as a parent, and yet they have nothing to say at a school forum. Even the word power makes most women uncomfortable, perhaps through believing that men's manner of wielding power must be their own, not. Today I want to talk about how there is an overlap of women's power and forms of power and manner of power with men's, but there's also some important distinctions and how power in one aspect of your life does not always transfer to other aspects of your life because of beliefs and patterns, family history, family legacy. You can remedy this by embracing more of your power as a woman and transform beliefs that as a woman you need to model how men have used power in your life and in your relationships. So, okay, now in the next 15, 20 minutes we're not going to, I'm not going to be able to totally wrap around power, but I want to start with um, how you know, when I'm working with a woman, whether it's solo or in a relationship, um, you know, with her partner of some sort, um, the word power makes most women kind of, I, I can feel their, their body can contract, they move back into the couch, they, they go silent on the phone, um, they look away if we're doing a Zoom um, session, because power for women, has, you know, it's... Um, it's a challenging um, energy. We're told to have power in certain ways, but not in other ways. We're told we're powerful, but we're given no support nor um, appreciation. It's kind of like, uh, you know, as one woman said, she said, you know, as, as a mother, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. You know, and I said, well, it depends on what you are measuring your power, your choices against. One of the things that I often say when I was raising my daughters, I'd say, you know, I'm a feminist, but I'm not, I'm not in agreement with everything that that first, second, even third wave came across with in terms of how women are to relate to power, to relate to men, to relationships. And the big, one of the big challenges for me, and um, you know, my daughters understanding why I was so pro active in terms of women and and relationships was I said because that power stick that 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 measuring stick by which women initially measured themselves against men and their forms of power and their ways of power in the world women of course come up short um men don't have babies they don't have they don't nurse their babies um men culturally at least in the west don't tend to the weak, to the sick, to the old, to the vulnerable. All these things cost women, and it's not like it's a bad choice. 
but there's it's almost like women then measure themselves you know and say oh well you know my career is not as good or i'm not as accomplished or you know you know come retirement time i'm screwed these are forms of power that in the west we don't acknowledge but one of the things that's really important and we're you know kind of turning the corner in a very powerful challenging and exciting time of history human history is just because it hasn't been in the past doesn't mean it can't be, or the recent past can't be, that can't be a different choice. Now, this is where it starts to step into the personal. How do you, in your personal life, your professional life, all the different relationships in your life with yourself, with others, with intimates, with family, with coworkers, how do you show up? Do you show up apologizing for who you are and what you believe? Do you undercut other women behind their back? Do you um, do you feel accomplished, you know, in your work life, but you know, feel really uh, how about it, insecure in your personal life because you hold yourself up to standards you can't meet? Um, and you know, for me, this is the beauty of pausing in one's life in one story and saying, okay, let's look at what I've done so far, what's worked, what do I like, what do I cringe when I look at, and guess what? I get to course correct. I can make different choices that are going to create different experiences, different relationships, different beliefs. I can create different beliefs, you know, and how do I get support for that? And how do I support others as they are, you know, working to course correct? One of the big things that I'm watching as um, women are coming out and telling their stories of abuse, power abuse through sexuality, um, is that there's also stories, quieter stories, about power abuses that were, um, that aren't about, they're not, you know, shall we say in the sphere of sexuality, but they're in the sphere of having a different way, having different values, you know, speaking to, um, well, okay, we can do that, but here's the cost to the environment, or here's the cost to people with less resources. And do you, as a woman, if you're in that position, do you feel emboldened and powerful and able to say that? Probably not, because as you look around the room, there's not a lot of you, and there's a lot of men. And this doesn't, again, you know, <laughs> disclaimer, it, the problem is not men. The problem is codified beliefs, choices, and 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 um, patterns that both men and women make. And for women, you know, one of the beauties of being the one down is, in, in some ways, you have less to lose. I mean, you have we have more to lose because we have more that we care for. And you know, again, these are all very general statements I'm making. But it's also, if you look at the, Look Look at what the choices we've been making have created. I don't hear a lot of happy people on the planet, um, except for the people who have, um, you know, benefited from uh, imbalances in power and, and, and whatnot. So one of the things that I do when I'm working with a woman, often they're very successful professionally, but their marriage is, is you know, shaky. Um, their children are often, you know, not kind to them um, or not doing well at school. 
And and so for the woman, she's she you know she gets to a certain point in her life in her in in her um, relationships, and she she will say, "What's wrong with me?" And what we do a lot of is is pause that question and say, you know what, let's look at what came before where we are now. How, you know, what were the beliefs you were raised with? What is the culture that you are spending most of your waking time in, your corporate culture, your professional culture? Who are the people you surround yourself with in your personal life? You know, what are they saying to you? How are How happy are they? I mean, I think one of the big things we know as women is our, our communities of friends and support are very important. And the voice we have may not agree with the voice of my friend. You know, we may see things very differently, but when she needs support, do I support her? Do I, do I make sure to remember the difference between our positions and our, as I call it, our workshops, the things we're, we're exploring in life, or, and the need we all have to be part of a supportive community. One of the things that struck me as I'm reading these accounts of women coming forward who have been in sexual um, trauma, sexually traumatized, is I don't hear a lot of I don't hear a lot of of language about, you know, I went to my friends, and they, you know, said, hell no, we're we're not going to allow that, and let's figure out how to make that stop or make that different. You know, it's one of the things when I'm working in a women's group um, and with a women's group. I always say, can, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to pause here and just explore a little bit kind of what I, what I have as rules for group processes. I go, you can disagree with somebody, but you don't take them down personally. You don't make it personal. And if you do, we're stopping the clock, we're stopping the process, and we're addressing that. Because one of the things that really is hard for groups in this case, women, who are disempowered, who are kind of, as I call it, one down. Um, one of the things that's hard is to make different choices and make changes without support and a community that supports both a personal community and a social community. And it's one of the reasons I, I watch when, you know, when I work, have worked with nonprofits, for example. Now, you would think they're not trying to make a corporate goal. They're not trying to make stockholders happy. They're a nonprofit, but even in that, if one woman starts to, you know, kind of cook and starts to get successful and is doing things and is getting positive feedback, I count to ten, and that woman will start to have other women try to backstab her, um, take her down, be negative, gossip about her to other people, and in you know, again, one of the things I do is I stop the clock and say, okay, we got to pay attention to this because this is unhealthy, this is unproductive, and you need to talk about how she's not your mother, how she's not the friend who betrayed you, how she's not the best friend who took your fiancé, whatever. Whatever the story is of how other women prior have betrayed us, you know, it, it's time to stop and say, that's the past. What do I need to learn? Because I can guarantee if you've been a woman betrayed, you will be a woman who betrays. And it will come full circle. That's how life is. We're often 
I'd say most often put in the position of having the, an experience of being one down, powered down. And we're also put in the experience of having tremendous power over. How we handle power over others in, is, is, the only, is basically the other side of the coin of how have we been treated with power and what did we learn. We can't change the past. We can, you know, sure as hell learn from it and commit to being the better angels, not only for ourselves, but for those in our life. Meaning when someone screws up, you don't take it as a yeehaw, I now get to make you less than me. You go, wow, either there for the grace of God would go I, or oh yeah, I remember when I did that, or how do I pull this person aside and speak compassionately but directly to them, not to 10 other people, who then will spread it to 10 other people, and nothing directly ever changes. So circling back to how we started this, our, our, our ambivalence, our fear, our distaste for the word power is not in our best interest. We do not have to accept how men have defined it and how they have used it and abused it, but we do need to acknowledge we do have power and we need to become conscious of how we are wielding power. And sometimes that's not the same as the story we tell ourselves as women about how we are using power. Um, And again, better angels. It's not about blame and shame. Blame and shame shuts down a process. It shuts down um, a person. I mean, if, if you blame someone or shame them, you essentially have challenged them to continue. Most people who are shamed and blamed will retreat. Now, that's changing in part because women who are shamed and blamed are going, hell no. And by the way, I got this group around me who's, you know, got my back. And again, we have to be okay with we may not agree with each other, but we can support each other. Now, that doesn't, you know, now someone's going to take that as to the extreme. Oh, so that means if someone wants to kill somebody, I have to support them. No. You don't support them by going and helping them do that. You support them, the essential them, by saying you need to not do that, and if, you know, and now I need to, you know, take action. Um, Dalai Lama had a beautiful um, definition of compassion. He said, you know, you, you Western people, you misunderstand compassion. You think it's very passive. You think it's very weak. He said, compassion is when someone you know, whether you love them or not, but someone you know as a fellow angel, as a fellow human being, is about to do harm to themselves and or another. Compassion is you do everything you can to stop that, to not allow that to happen. And, you know, in America, we, we're, we've so polarized everything. We've even polarized our relationship to that we are the people, not I. You know, this individual rights and pursuit of, of, you know, whatever the hell I want, that is, in its essence, true, polarized it to the point where people feel very disempowered to step up, speak up, and say, um, actually, I don't agree with that, and I actually, can we talk about that before you go and, and do that thing I think is going to cause harm or, or you know, um, be abusive or be um, manipulative or, or whatever. We do have a responsibility, we the people, 
is as is important as individual the pursuit of individual rights and personal happiness. And it's that balance, it's the both and that we've lost. And we've lost it, again, if we're bringing it back down to the personal, we've lost it because women's voices have been silenced. Women's norms and yardstick, as I call it, the yardstick at how we measure our power, how we show up, when we show up, for what we show up, has been diminished, and we agreed to do that. Um, But I think, you know, the beauty about history is when you look at choices made, reasons made, those choices, and you and if you love the results, keep going. But if you don't love the results, then whatever you pay attention to, whatever is showing up on on your on the door of your life, that is your responsibility. And for women right now, the power of our voice is really, really being called for, um, and the power of how what that line is between supporting and agreeing. We need to tend to bringing the clans back to we, the people. Alone, no. We need good men to do that. We need hard conversations. But this is the power that women have, and I do do believe that that ten times more powerful. And I believe it because in my sleep I created three babies from two cells after being told I could never have children. The, you know, there's, 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 as they say, there's facts and there's truths. We live a lot in the world of facts in the West. I'm really encouraging and I encourage women, and when they do, they're delighted with the results. I encourage them to start living a little more in the, in the truth of who they are, what they value, what they love, what they're passionate about. That's how you change not only your life, that's the power you have to change your life, but also to change the world the people you love will be living in. That's it for today. And um, I will not be having a podcast next week. I've got all sorts of family coming and going, and it's Thanksgiving in the United States. Um, but I wish you a wonderful Wonderful um, holiday if you celebrate um, Thanksgiving. And the way we call it in our family is it's thanks for giving. Um, We make sure to give each other time, energy, love, but we also do that in our communities by um, serving um, those who are are at this point in their life struggling in some way. And, you know, just give yourself an opportunity to have some thanks and give. Blessings. Bye. Bye.